the status quo And I'm not afraid to stand and say what people want We're all messed up I'm broken hearts and broken homes And if I know the way, why would I wait and simply care?
you stand this morning and let's praise the Lord. I've got a made up mind. I've got a made up heart. And I'm gonna praise you. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I'm gonna praise you. I've got a made up mind. Made up mind. I've got a made up heart. And I'm gonna praise you, praise you, Lord. Lord, I'm gonna praise you. I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. Let's sing it one more time. I've got a made-up mind. I've got a made-up mind. I got a made-up heart.
Praise the Lord. We have got a made up mind or we would not be here today. Because when I went to bed last night, I didn't think it was going to be this cold. And I looked out the window when I got up and I flashed on the lights and I thought it looks cold. And then I went out a little bit later and sure enough, it was cold. But I'm so glad that it's warm in God's house. And His love floods our soul. We studied about love today in our class. The love of God is the greatest power in the world. And how wonderful that that's the reason you're here today, because you love the Lord. I saw uh, over in this section a beautiful row of young people with their parents. I think it's probably two parents over there from Monroe. I didn't get their name, but they look so beautiful here. And I thought, you know, they probably had some coaxing. And some encouraging to get here because of the the weather. But we want to welcome you today. Would you be seated for just a moment? And um, I want to mention to you, uh, there are wonderful announcements in the bulletin about what's going on here at our church. And please get one of those and keep it at home so you'll know what's going on. And you can uh, look in there and find out the activities and so forth. We always try to have a lot of things going on. We have a prayer meeting here every Friday morning at the church. It's just been going on a couple, three months. But we come and pray an hour from 11 till 12. And we always encourage you, if you can't come to the sanctuary to pray with us, to make that an hour at home or at work or anywhere where you are. And you can pray because God moves in our church when we pray. We see that so many times when we have great prayer meetings and things that God gives us a special outpouring. But yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I want to just say congratulations to all the married couples. If you're here and you're married, would you just stand, even if your spouse isn't with you, would you just stand all over the building, all our married couples? Could you do that? Oh, look at this. Isn't this great? Well, congratulations, and thank you for being here today. Let's give them a hand. Would you do that? Thank you. You may be seated. I have a little saying that says, getting married is easy most of the time. Staying married is a challenge. Can I hear amen? But staying happily married should rank among the fine arts. Staying happily married. So I was studying last night the lesson and Virgil came in and I said, are you happily married? That's my husband of 56 or seven or eight years. I forget now. I lost track. He said, he looked at me and smiled. He said, yes, I am. I said, well, I'm just checking because I hadn't asked him for a long time. But I tell you, we've been happily married for a long time. And it's wonderful to be able to go to church together and worship the Lord with all of you. We appreciate Stratford Heights. We've been here 25 years this month. And I just thank God that he's supplied our needs and taken care of us, and he's given us a place to worship. Now, if you're here this morning and you're visiting, and this is maybe your first time, would you just remain seated while we ask all our members and regular attenders to stand all over the building? Let our guests remain seated, and they're coming down the aisle, and the ushers have a packet to give you. Please take the card out, fill it out, and place it in the offering plate when it comes around momentarily, and we'll have a record of your visit. We love you, and we're so glad you're here. Now we're going to get out and shake hands and greet one another. So look around and find all of our guests that are seated and shake hands and greet them. God bless you.
Lord my God When I am awesome wonder Consider all the worlds I have today. I see the sun I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe Sing my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou I cry, O oh Lord, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry out to Thee. And when my heart is overwhelmed, heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Oh, I praise you, Lord. That is Let's sing that first verse one more time. Hear my cry. Hear my cry, O Lord, attend unto my prayer. Oh, we praise you, Lord. 
this verse right here. For thou hast been a shelter unto me. Shelter unto me, Lord. A high tower, Lord, against thee. Thou has been shelter on me, Lord. You're the high tower, Lord, against the enemy. <laughs> When my heart is over, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. You are higher, so much higher. And when my heart is over. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. I want to interrupt our service just for a moment. So we begin to go into our prayer time, and our, our staff pastors are going to be coming forward, our prayer warriors. And as they come into the altar, you're invited to come and have special prayer today. But we want to remember there's a, a gentleman here, Angel with his two little children. Would you step in, and Pastor Brian, if you would escort them into the altar. Our, our pastoral committee, our staffs, uh, prayer warriors, if you would step into the altar for prayer. This gentleman and his two children here lost his wife, Beth, this morning. 
and they have found their way into God's house. The Bible says that he is the very present help in the time of trouble. There's no greater place for him to be than in God's house. We're going to unite and pray with this family right here. These two precious children and this husband who is so broken. Would you just, right where you are, would you just lift your hands towards this altar and as we pray for them, we also want you to feel that you can come forward for special prayer. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. He will answer you. Call on his name, Jesus. Call on his name, Jesus. Call on his name, Jesus. He will come to you. Shout at his name, Jesus. Shout at his name, Jesus. Shout at his name, Jesus. He will run to you. Oh, church. Shout at his name, Jesus. Shout at his name, Jesus. Shout at his name, Jesus. Our selfish pride. We fall down on our knees. We lift our hands and say, You are all we need. And we whisper His name. And we fall down on our knees. 
we lift our hands and say, you are all we need. Glory to you in the highest place. Glory to you in the highest place. Glory to you in the highest place. Glory! Glory to you in the highest place. Glory to you in the highest place. Glory to you in the highest place. Shout out his name. here today what's important when we've come together it's not the songs we sing it's not even the message that we hear as much as it is the very presence of Almighty God that we seek amen coming into his house today there are many needs several families in our church have lost loved ones this week we laid to rest Cleveland Robinson this week wonderful honored man of God He's in glory today, and we know that. We lost Leah Hale this week, young lady, 39 years old. Did her funeral yesterday. Her family needs our prayers. They need our, our strength that comes through our faith together. Benita Berger lost her nephew this week. We need to pray for them. I have a very special request from little Molly. Where's Molly? Where's she at? Is she over here? little hand oh you can't see her little hand lifted up she said pastor for pastor Ray will you pray for my uncle Jim who has blood clots in his lung and his leg and she's got a very sad face please pray for him how many of you have a very special need as well you know if we lose our compassion for the needs then we have lost the heart of Christ 
we lose the compassion for needs, we've lost the heart of Christ. There's a lot of you. It's hard to keep up with you. We're praying for Sister Markham, who's in the hospital. We're praying for Nancy Williams, who's in the hospital. And all of you that have needs represented with your uplifted hand, would you reach over and make a contact with someone standing beside you? Whisper his name. We can trust in Jesus. Father, as we come before you now as a congregation, we ask you to minister to the many needs that are represented here in this house. We ask you to touch the hearts that are hurting, that need your comfort and your grace. We thank you, Lord, for ministering to your angel and these children. We ask you, Lord, to touch these other families that are going through crisis and trouble. You're the very present help in the time of trouble. You're the one that we call upon, our refuge in the midst of the storm. We call on you now and ask you to be our Savior, our Lord, to be our covert in the storm and to touch and minister to every need. As we give you honor and we give you praise and we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing power that is here today. Touch every need that's represented, every hand that's uplifted, every circumstance and situation as we bring them to you, O Father God, knowing that you said you are touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. And now we let go of our hands, Lord, and we lift them towards our Heavenly Father. And we give you great thanks because we believe that you have heard our cry and that, Lord, you will answer mightily on behalf of your people. We give you the honor. We give you all the praise. And we give you all the glory. For it's in the name that is above every name the name alone that can save, the name alone that can heal and deliver in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together and give him praise. Amen. You may be seated. I'm so thankful. So very thankful that no matter where I'm at with, in my life, no matter what's going on, no matter what troubles may be surrounding me, it's comforting to know that my rescuer, my healer, my Lord, my Savior is only a whisper away. He's just a whisper away. So whatever's going on in your life, you don't have to yell. You don't have to go very far. All you need to do is just have enough energy to get out his name. Just whisper his name and he'll show up and he'll be there for you. We're going to do something very special. Make sure this isn't routine. We don't do this out of routine, but we take time in our service every Sunday to be obedient to God's word. And it's important that we're obedient to his word. And we do this out of love. He says in, in Psalms 122 that we're to pray for the peace of Israel, that they may prosper. So we're going to take time now as a body body of Christ and join together and pray for Israel. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you first and foremost for the security of knowing that you're just a whisper away from us. We've come today to honor you, to lift your name on high and to glorify you today. Lord, in obedience to your word, we lift up Israel. We pray that you would be with them. Lord, we pray for their peace, their protection. That you would be with mothers, fathers, with the soldiers the leaders of the country, Lord, that you would help them make the decisions correctly, Father, that would honor you 
In the name of Jesus, we lift them up today. Ask that you would prosper them and that you would keep them. In the precious Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Also want to remind you this morning of something coming up. We, in the month of April, there will be encounters are coming back to Stratford Heights Church. I'm very excited about the teams that have come together and that are planning for the encounter ministry. I remember the first evening I ever walked in to the encounter, I was blown away by something that I described as an intense, thick presence of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where there have been so many people gathered together for one purpose, and that is to seek the face of God. And boy, the intensity of his presence was so mighty and strong that night. I made the statement that I have never been in a room where I felt more of the presence of God than I did that evening. Encounters are coming up in April. It's an intense weekend. It's not for the weak. It's certainly not for those that are half-hearted. It's for those who have a desire to encounter God. And I mean in a very literal way. It's coming up and there's a video we want to show you that just gives you a little introduction and then I'm going to invite Christian Mays to come forward for just a moment and share with you about what's coming up and how you can be involved in being at this year's encounter. I challenge our church. We've already had over 200 people go through the encounter weekend. It's just, it starts on Friday evening and goes through Saturday through Sunday morning and they have one intensive workshop and altar call after another touches every area of your life and helps you to see and understand yourself. It's like holding a mirror to your own heart. And boy, when you come through that, it's an amazing journey that uh, I challenge our church. If you've not been through it, if you've gone through a difficult year, if you've had things in your life that has caused you to feel discouraged and, and you just need the refreshment in your heart, then you need to go to Encounter. They're going to tell you how. Here's a little taste of what's coming. We believe, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death, we believe in the resurrection.
before I get too far, I just want to thank Pastor for, for his kind words. And, you know, we have a pastor that, that's not going to tell you stuff. He's not going to say things to, to make you feel better. He's going to speak the truth and from his heart. And I remember that night when he walked in. I remember the night of my first encounter. I didn't even want to be there. I was uh, pretty much shanghaied into a, a trip to Tennessee, and I walked into this sanctuary, and I literally could not breathe. The Spirit of God was so thick. I came home from that weekend. I literally met God on that mountaintop in Tennessee, and I came home from that weekend changed. My wife didn't even recognize me. And we started doing encounters at Strat after that. And, and that's what this ministry is. Some of you have been through it. Some of you are fairly new and don't even know. But I'm telling you, if you want to get past all that stuff, if you want to really meet God and experience him face-to-face, this is the weekend for that. If you looked in your bulletins, uh, Liz had mentioned all the activities going on. If you happen to see this flyer right here, it's the one with the, uh, the cross that says encounter next to it. Next Sunday night, we're having what's called an empanada dinner. Now, for those of you that were at Family Fun Fest and you got to stop by the Esperanza booth, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those little meat pies, for lack of a better word, they are amazing. And we are, we are blessed enough that, that we have members in Esperanza that are on our team with Encounter as well, and, and that's what we're doing. We're doing a dinner to raise funds for Encounter. Ministry costs money, that's just, a, that's just the way it is, but this is just a chance for us to help people that want to go, that need to go, that might not be able to afford it. So next Sunday night, right after the service, all the details are there, along with the details for the upcoming encounters in April. Don't do it because I've asked you. Don't do it because pastors asked you. But do it because you know that you have that need. Do it because you need something. You know that you need that moment with God. I promise you, and I don't do that lightly. If you meet God face to face, you will be changed. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I got a mean streak in me. I was going to say, and if you are questioning, vacillating back and forth, then do it because the pastor asked you. <laughs> Brother and Sister Hale, it's good to see you in service today. Jeff, I know that these are the, the parents of Leah Hale that we uh, had a funeral service for yesterday. We're praying for you. Just so many hurting folks, and that's the good thing about a church that's filled with love. We care about you. When you go through it, we go through it. Now is our opportunity to help people all around the world, people that we'll probably never meet. So rushers are coming to serve you. We'd remind you that our loose offering, whatever you lay in the plate today, does not stay here at Stratford Heights Church. We do something kind of unorthodox. I've actually been kind of, people have shaken their head and scratched their head and and ask me why in the world I give away the biggest offerings of the day to world missions. Because God blesses us when we do that. And yes, it is the largest, it'll be the largest offering of the day, but we always have traditionally given it away. Pastor Watkins did this many years before he retired and when I became pastor, it was just the natural progression to continue that work. And so for the eight years, 
we have always given away our morning offerings in 8.30 and 10.45. We bless missionaries literally around the world. Counted up the other day, 17 countries you help when you give in the offering today. People from Africa to all over Europe to all over South America. And you also even help a little church called Barrow Church of God in Alaska, where I will be going And today, this morning, gave me a little taste of what I'll be in for. They say it'll be 20 degrees below zero with a wind chill of minus 60 where I'm going. And uh, the church itself sits right on the pinnacle at the top of the world. And they've shared with me as I shared with you last week, and I am just totally freaking out. And I want to thank all of you for the polar bear posts on my Facebook page. They have informed me I am not allowed to take a walk from the hotel because I could get eaten. So how would that be for an announcement next, you know, that Sunday? Well, our pastor was eaten by a polar bear. I will not be taking a walk. But you helped to build a church at the top of the world. We're dedicating it. They've invited me to come and to preach the dedication service and to be there, and they're so excited. Pastor Dave Matthews and his eight children and his beautiful wife are waiting to take care of us as we come, but I'm excited at what we're able to do when we give to World Missions. There's a little church in Quito, Ecuador, this morning, the Hosanna Christian Center, that you have totally supported for three years. You help them to keep the lights on, to pay their rent, and you help them with all of their utilities, and you do it every Sunday and have for three years. I just love to be a part of that, don't you? I love to do that. I love to minister to the little orphans in Africa that need our our help, and through Sister Kathy Swift, we're helping those little orphans today, not only with clothing and food, but we're helping them with their schooling as well. God just gives us great opportunities. So I've taken a little time to explain a little more, but I want you to know that it's not a little thing And the church is not asking you to give to the church. Contrary to popular belief, we're not about your money. We're about God's will and God's kingdom. And he uses your money. So as you give today, know that it's going far, far away from here. And God's going to use it to do great things. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this privilege. Lord, that you've given us such a grand vision of the world through our gifts. I pray that you will touch our missionaries, that you will touch the people that they minister to, that, Lord, you will meet needs all around this world. It's crazy, Father, to know that we give one gift, we lay our gift in the offering plate, and it literally travels all over the world. I'm amazed, and I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for the gifts. I'm thankful for those who are faithful, Lord, to pay their tithe here at this local church as we continue to move forward in your kingdom work here. Bless the work, bless the gift, bless the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. May you see love you gave it all You took the place of Toward the veil for my wrong, and no greater 
something 
<laughs> He's living in my heart. I'll come. I want to tell him the power of your love. The world will tell him, choir, the power of your love. I'll go. I'll show the power of your love. The world will know the power of your love. I'll go. I'll show the power of your love. The world will know the power of your love has saved me. The power of your love restored me. The power of your love never fails me. Your love is all I need. Jesus. Oh, it saved me. The power of your Shows me the power of your love never fails me. Your love is all I need, Jesus. Give him praise. Hey man, would you stand with me? First John chapter 4 and verse 19 says, We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. John 3.16, you know very well. From a child, you learn this verse. I want you to say it out loud with me, if you will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Amen. Valentine's weekend. It's all about love. It's all about love. How many of you participated in one way or another through a note, a card, a kiss, or a chocolate, or a gift, a carriage ride down through Cincinnati downtown? You did something for, th for Valentine's Day. Amen. Amen. Good job. Good job. The interesting thing about love is that you can't really love I don't care what the world says. I don't care how many shades of gray they think it is. You can't really love anything without the love of God. Impossible. You can call it warm and fuzzy feelings, emotions, lust, but you ought not to call it love. 
God is love. We love because he first loved us. Amen? Matthew chapter 19 and verse 4. Jesus talking about man and woman in love. I can't bring the two together. I I can't talk today about love without first talking about God's love, his sacrifice, his gift to humanity, and then in the same breath, talk about the love between a man and a woman. They go hand in hand. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. And he answered and he said to them, Jesus talking, said, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. King James, or New King James says, let not man separate. Father, we come before you this morning. We're going to look all over this word called love, starting with the love as high as the heavens that filters down into our own transformed lives and hearts and allows us to love one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, challenge us, speak to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And were the skies 
of parchment made were every stalk on earth a quill and every man ascribed by trade to write the drain the oceans dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky thank you Jesus the love of God. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. Listen. His love is higher than the highest heavens and it's deeper than the deepest sea. His love is wider than I can ever imagine your great love for me your great love Lord for me His love is wider than I can ever imagine. Your great love, Lord, for me. morning the love of God he's holy he's holy the love of God the love of God oh 
holy the love of God he's holy holy the love of God you give him praise this morning give him honor Greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It flows beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The Bible is clear to point out the love of God is greater than the universe. It far As far as you can go, as far as you can get in a spaceship and go to the end of it all, get there and you will not have come close to seeing the end of the love of God. His powerful love. I've entitled this message on Valentine's Day that the love of God that comes to us, the love of God that is given to us as a gift, this love of God that changes our lives and transforms us. This is the love that we have for one another. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your body, your strength, your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself, love your neighbor. When we look at love and what it really means, we understand that the Bible tells us as well that they'll know that God's love is in you by the love that you have for others around you. It's just a given. If you've got the love of God in you, you've got the power of God in you. The power of God in you means you don't love like the world loves. The world is constantly loving in all the wrong ways, in all the wrong places. Always loving in, in weird ways, strange ways, counterfeit ways. I don't know what all the fuss is about. I'm not going to give any credence to what's going on this weekend with this movie that's out. All I know is this. The love of God is meant to lift up and build up and bridge the heart and mind into one. The love of God it's supposed to transform and change you into one, especially the man and the woman as they come together in matrimony. How, how many of you have been married, Let, let's say, five years or less? Five years or less, excellent. Let's do this. I'm going to do this really quickly because I want to honor marriage today. If you're married, stand up. I know Liz did this a minute ago, but we're going to do something a little different. Five years and less, have a seat. We honor you. Amen. Okay, 10 years and less. Sit down. God bless you. 10 years is awesome. 20 years, you're honored to have a seat. That's all right, we'll do that. 30 years, have a seat. 30 years or less, have a seat. Wonderful. 40 years or less, have a seat. All right. Congratulations. These are all honorable. 50 years or less, have a seat. That's all right. <laughs> 55 years or less, 
years or less. Woo. Uh oh, uh oh. We got to run off. We got to run off. Sister Mays, Sister Carpenter, Sister Reed. We got someone else over here. Oh, Brother Gibson. All right. Here we are. Anybody else? 65 years or less. Woo. All right. All right. Hey, here we go. 65 years or less. How many years have you been married, Brother and Sister Reed? 65 years married. Amen. God bless you. We honor you today. Thank you. I've got it wrote down. I was going for 100. <laughs> now that is an intelligent and romantic couple. That is an intelligent and romantic couple. Intelligent and romantic enough to keep one another interested all those years. It takes work, doesn't it? It takes a lot of work. It takes determination. It takes more than just a warm and fuzzy feeling. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Have you ever wondered how some couples stay happily married for 50, 65 years? I've talked with them. They're in love with each other. They love each other. I saw something so amazing at, at a wedding I was at not very long ago. They were doing the same type of thing, except they were all on the dance floor. And it got down to a couple, I think it was over 70 years or so that they had been married. And he was pushing uh, his uh, walker, and she was pushing hers. And they were, it was the Albert, it was y'all's wedding, the, your daughter. Yeah. Well, how much was it? Oh, was it like that? Almost 70. Okay. And they were, they were, they were pushing around on the dance floor. And he was looking at her smiling, and she was looking back at him. <laughs> Beautiful. I sat back, and I watched them on the dance floor, and I cried tears and took pictures of them. And I was just broken in my heart, and I, just, I saw that, and I was just like, that's God's love. That's the power of love at work. A contest was run in Dallas in a newspaper. They, they gave a, an anniversary contest to those who had been married 50 years or less. And the couples had to write down their secrets for staying married for so long. The winning couple wrote this. During our 50 years of blissful marriage, we were loving, compassionate, understanding, considerate, forgiving, trusting, and devoted. Always sharing our happiness and sorrow. It meant lots of patience, fortitude, kindness, perseverance, and faith in each other and in God. Working together for a happy, successful marriage, always, always deep in love. And everyone congratulated them for the fact that they were so wordy. <laughs> the runner-up couple said this, always remember, we always remembered it was until death do us part. And you know what? I think I like theirs the best. Randy Travis wrote a song. You're not just time that I'm killing, and I'm no longer one of those guys. As sure as I live, this love that I give is yours until the day I die. I'm going to love you forever, forever and ever, amen. As long as old men sit and talk about the weather, 
as long as old women sit and talk about old men. If you wonder how long I'll be faithful, I'll be happy to tell you again. I'm going to love you forever and ever, forever and ever. Amen. There's one word. Now, I know that 50-year couple had a lot to say. Perseverance, and all of those are, are the definitions of love. I mean, they could have taken that right out of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. But technically, there's one key, one word that will help you to sum it all up if you want a healthy marriage. It's simply this. Commitment. Till death do us part. Look at somebody and say, till death do us part. Not, not someone else's husband or wife, yours. <laughs> I cracked me up. Okay. <laughs> Commitment. Commitment. Without it, your marriage will not last. With it, with commitment, your marriage can survive the worst that this world or circumstances has to throw at you. With commitment. Come on, who did that? You, come, let's do that again. Yeah. Of all the things that can make a marriage awesome, without commitment, you will ride an emotional roller coaster. But if you're weak and you're troubled in all the other areas, if you've got commitment, you can make it through anything. And who doesn't want to do it? I've not met a couple yet who ever got married and over almost right at, I think, a little over 200 couples that I've married in 25 years. And, all, and of all of those couples, I don't know any of them that ever went into it half-heartedly thinking it was going to end in a few years, but some of them sadly have. What was it that makes the difference? What is it that makes the difference between happily married couples and folks that don't make it? Commitment. A dedicated determination that I'm going to stay with you till death do us part. And I know, like, on a day like today, Angel, I haven't talked to you about your relationship with your wife, but I know with a look in your face today that this is a difficult and hard day for you. But you stuck through it all, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, till death did you part. And that's an honor to you, to your children, and to your wife. That's the happy ending. That's what we all seek in this life to fulfill after all those years, still together, still in love, still growing individually and as a couple. But God, what does God say? God says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, commitment. Someone said this, don't get married because you love someone. When I first read that, I was just like, this is the wrong thing to be reading. He said, don't get married because you love someone. See, that's the dumbest reason to get married. He said, get married because you are committed to someone. Where there is no commitment, the relationship will not last. We know what 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says. We talked a little bit about it. 
Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. He's literally pointing out you can do all that spiritual stuff. You can do all of the religious stuff. You can have faith as high as a mountain. But if you don't have love, you don't have the goods. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me long. Well, what is this love? Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. It doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Verse 8, love never fails. That's powerful. But did you notice? Jeff, nowhere in there did I read anything about a warm, fuzzy feeling. I didn't read it anywhere in that list Patient, kind, not jealous, boastful, proud, rude, irritable, demanding, don't hold a grudge, look for the best, don't give up, never lose faith, be hopeful, and endure every circumstance. But nothing about feeling. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Trying to forget my feelings of what? love what does feelings have to do with real love real love is hard work brother and sister reed sister mays it's hard work when you've been together all those years through wars and through all kinds of depressions and world economic situations and family issues and troubles and concerns you've come through a hero you're a champion you didn't get there because you'd always felt good, did you? It didn't always feel warm and fuzzy. It doesn't always feel warm and fuzzy. But the vow is in the words, till death do us part. The commitment. Marital happiness is not beyond your control. As a matter of fact, it resides within your own determination, your own commitment. Love is a verb. It's an action word. It's not a feeling. What if God had looked down upon the earth, sought generations of history and knowledge, and then decided whether or not he would die for us? He didn't. He was sure to make a decision about his love for us even while we were yet sinners. How many times have I had people sit in my office and, and I am not the guy to do this to, so I'm putting you on notice way ahead of time. Don't come in my office and say this because I don't believe in it. Well, Pastor Ray, we just don't love each other anymore. We've lost that loving feeling. One guy said, I wish I could love her, but it's too late. Too much has happened. I'm just like, Suck it up and get over it. 
Because what does that have to do with your co covenant, your promise, your commitment to endure all things and to work through every circumstance and every trial that comes your way? Just don't love you. What you're really saying is, I have decided to quit. I'm not going to fulfill my promise. I'm going back on my word. Going back on my vow. It's important that we understand what it really all means. We're looking at the example of Christ. We're looking at the example of the cross. We're looking at Calvary's love for us. And he says in his word, love your wife, husbands, like Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He loved it and gave himself for it. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, it says in this command, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So in order to truly understand what that verse means, we have to go back to the cross. We have to go back to Christ. We have to also take a good look at the church. Where was the warm, fuzzy feeling in Jesus' decision to die on the cross for us? It wasn't there. He decided that he would love us, and that he would rescue us. He would pour himself into us. Now someone says, Pastor Ray, but I mean, this morning, you're making me uncomfortable. I mean... I'm already separated. I'm already divorced. I'm not talking about what's past. I'm not talking about hurts and wounds. I'm not talking about someone leaving their commitment with you because it takes two. Say amen. I'm not talking about the past. I'm not wanting you to feel condemned. It's not about that. It's about moving forward. It's about knowing that today, you know, we may not have even known before. We may have suffered through decisions and choices we regret today. But at the same time, we know God has worked it all for the good. And so we trust in God's mercy and his grace and we move on. But in moving on, we've got to understand what love is. Love is a commitment. Love is a promise. Look at the church. Was the church kind to Christ? Was the church patient to Christ? Was the church considerate and loving to Christ? No. As a matter of fact, one of the very best of his followers, Peter, if you remember, warmed his own hands at the fire, at the passion. As he cursed at the fire, warming his hands, he said, I don't know that man. So no, the church was not loving, warm, and fuzzy. But yet we know his mission was not stopped his desire to rescue. He didn't look down. Thank God he didn't look down to 2015 and see the reprobate attitudes and philosophies and to see how, how, how little we care about the sanctity of life or marriage. Thankfully, God didn't look down to 2015 and make a decision about what he was going to do. I thank God that the Bible says before the worlds were framed, they came together with a plan to rescue. Because love is not about conditional response. It's about making a decision. It's a commitment. And God made a decision, a commitment, if you will, a covenant with you and I. And I'm so thankful this morning because I don't rest on a conditional love. 
I rest on an unconditional, unmerited, undeserved love. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his love, demonstrates his own love, demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That ought to get somebody to put their hands together and praise the Lord. While you were still, you and I still a sinner, Christ died for us. And this is then the command. We look at the example of the cross of Calvary. We look at the sacrifice. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. The words of Christ at the, at the cross, it is finished. When we understand and we look into his heart and we look into his sacrifice, we look into his love, then we understand. When Jesus says, husbands, love your wives. Now, I always have to tell this, and some of you have heard it before, but there's probably some newbies in the congregation. I have to tell you about the funniest service I was ever in. I was at the Inman Street Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee, while I was at the uh, uh, Lee University studying for my degree. And I went to this church. It it was an all-black church, and I thought that was going to be awesome. I wanted to go because of the music and the preaching. I thought it was going to be excellent. And I walked in there, and I spied her right off the bat. I sat right behind a lady with a blue hat on. And she repeated everything the pastor said. If he said, good morning, she said, "Uh uh-huh, good morning. He said, well, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. She said, turn to 1 Corinthians. I said, oh, this is going to be fun. See, he preached every word he said. We're going to dance to the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm, we're going to dance. She'd look, that's right, we're going to dance. That's right, we're going to dance. She'd look at others around her. And he got all the way through his message, and she'd repeated everything he said. And he preached that day on husbands loving your wives. And he said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. She turned around to me. She looked at me and she said, "Mm mm-hmm. She goes, husbands, love your own wives. (laughs) I laughed so hard, I was crying tears. I reached up and patted her on the shoulder and I said, I love you. I don't even know her, but I love her. Husbands, love your own wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for them. Love your wife in a commitment, a covenant. A covenant is not a contract. Oh, I can't get an amen here this morning. A covenant is not a contract. A covenant comes with a con- no conditions. A covenant is a promise. A promise. No matter how you treat me, 
No matter what you do. I mean, husbands, you need to go home today. You need to look at your wife and reaffirm your covenant. You need to say, I'm with you, baby. I am with you until I die. I am going nowhere. I ain't leaving you. I ain't walking out. You don't have to worry about it. I'd call the kids in. Get them around the fireplace. Kids, I want you to know, I love your mommy. She's still the most beautiful creature on earth to me. I'm going to stay with her until the day I die. I will never leave her. I will never walk out on her, and I will never divorce her. You need to covenant all over again. Every time you think about it, you need to reaffirm your commitment, your promise to your wife. Husbands need the same treatment. Honey, you need to go home and you need to love on him and tell him he's your hero. He's your champion. He may have a belly as big as the couch, but you need to love him anyhow. You need to love him anyhow. You need to love on him. You need to make him that pretzel dinner he likes. You need to make sure he knows you are, you are staying. You ain't going. You ought to make it clear today. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot more happier kids, a lot more happier family times together, and a lot more security in the home if the husband and the wife will just make good on their promise. Amen. Make good on your promise. Every time you see a rainbow in the sky, God's saying, I'm making good on my promise. Every time you see that out there, that's God promising you. I made a covenant with you. I died for you. I gave my life for you. And I'm not going back on my promise. I've given you eternal life. And I'm going to take you all the way through to glory. Oh! Hallelujah! God's made good on every promise He's ever given us. He said, I, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... He gave us the very best that he had. Husbands, give the best that you got. Quit giving it to the lady at the water cooler. Quit giving it to Facebook. Quit reaching out to something that ain't yours. You didn't make a promise to. They didn't make a promise to you neither. Quit messing up your hope and your promise in this life. There is happiness to be had. And you've got them sitting right next to you. You've got little babies right there that have been given to you as a gift. It's time for us to rise up. You know what? I was praying for this this week. I was praying and I said, God, it's just Valentine's Day. Why am I preaching about love? And the Lord, I'm not one that's just dictated by the holidays. I said, God, you, you lead me to preach something else. What do you have to say about this? And in the early mornings one morning, about five in the morning one morning, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want a strong church. I said, okay, all right. Then I'm going to look in here. I'm going to go to Nehemiah. And I'm going to start preaching on building a strong church. I'll read the whole book of Nehemiah this week. And I'll start preaching on it. And the Lord said, no, that's not what I want you to do. And I was just like, but Lord, you said you want a strong church. He said, preach on love. Preach on love between a man and a woman who's made a covenant and a promise to one another. Tell them this is the best days yet to come in their life if they'll get a hold of this truth. If they'll begin to live out the promise that they've made, they'll live in happiness, they'll live in joy, they'll live in peace. Little kids won't be going to bed stressed out and full of fear. Is mommy and daddy going to work it out? Are they going to stay together? They need to walk in the house and see you giving her some sugar by the counter. They need to see a little loving going on in the house. And when they do, they'll lift up hands to an almighty and awesome God. And they'll trust Him. They'll trust Him if you'll give in front of them the same love that you've received. Say amen. amen. Stand with me if you will. I'm giving you some homework. 
I'm going to get real personal. Wrestling in my head if I'm going to say this or not. Some of us would sure like to have what you have. Love has eluded me. Well, not really. I mean, I've been in love before. I've actually asked someone to marry me before. Someone don't even know that. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and are you single? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ain't nothing more beautiful than love. And it's eluded me, and that's all right. I'm good with that. I'm fine. The Lord's made promises to me, and she, I, may, I may find her in the nursing home, and her little walker. I may, I, who knows? But I believe in it. I love it. I believe in marriage between a man and a woman. And I believe that it all ought to be right in God's sight. And the happiest you can be is when you find love. I've said at every wedding that I do, the greatest possession that ever comes to a gentleman is a woman's heart in love. There's nothing grander than that. You've got a treasure. When I see two people really happy and madly in love, I cry. I love it. I love seeing you happy. I love watching Virgil and Liz. Aren't they cute? I love Betty and Marvin back there. Man, they're one of the most romantic couples I've ever seen. I love it. I love, Joe, that you got your hand around your wife right now. I love that. That's sacred. It's right. In church, it's good. It's nothing more beautiful than that. Give your best to that one you've made a promise to. Quit looking for love in all the wrong places. That's just a destruction avenue for you. Appreciate what God's given to you. Love and affirm your mate in front of your kids openly and out loud. That's your homework. Reaffirm your commitments. Reaffirm your covenants. Let God rebuild. If the fire's gone out, then build, get some wood and build a new fire. Make it happen. Let God turn it around for you. God's, if he can make the earth and the stars and hold the oceans in their boundaries, then surely he can build a fire back in your heart. Surely he can help you to find your way through to a covenant and a promise that you made. Surely he can. So if you're, if you're wavering back and forth and if you're on the plank ready to jump, step back. Talk to somebody. Get help. Don't let this go. God will help you. There was some reason why you said, mm, she mighty fine. There's some reason why you said, oh, I like that leather jacket he wears. There's some reason why you, when you couldn't hardly stand it when he pulled that box all nervous out of his back pocket. You couldn't hardly stand it and you were about to pass out. There was a reason why all that happened. What happens is we get all caught up in all the warm fuzzy stuff. We get all caught up in all the junk that separates us. We forget about our covenants and our promises. We're, 
What about your wedding day? Do you remember, you remember where you went on your honeymoon? Do you remember? You remember how you felt that first morning when you were like, who is that person in my room? And yet God blesses all that. You are blessed. You are blessed. Don't let go of that. And if you've burnt some bridges, then start, get your hammer out and get your nails out and be rebuilding. Work your way back to her heart. I felt the Holy Spirit just then. Work your way back to her heart. Work your way back to his heart. Let God do it. Because God's love. Fill your heart with his love. And then love them with his heart. And watch how God turns it around. With every head bowed and every eye closed. It all begins with love. God's love. It's impossible for you to love your mate, love your family, love your children if you don't have a love relationship with God. So very quickly, if you're here today and you need Christ, I'm going to ask you to just strike your hand up real fast and right back down. We're going to help you come to Jesus today. Are you here? Pastor, I need Jesus in order to love my family, in order to love like I need to love. I need him first in my life. Is there anyone at all? I need Jesus today. God bless you guys. Amen. Anyone else? I need Jesus in my life. I need him to be my savior. I need him to transform my love, my life. I need to accept him as my Lord. Anyone else? Okay, the next, the next invitation is for every, and, if, and I'm not married, and I'm still happy we're doing this. So if you're not married, if you're separated, widowed, divorced, if you're single, it's still okay that we do this. I'm single. I want our church to have strong marriages. So I don't understand anyone who would be upset about this. One lady said, well, I shouldn't even come to church. That, a year ago or so, I preached on marriage. I shouldn't even come to church. I thought, well, why not? I want strong marriages, and I want this service today. I want every married couple in this place, whether your mate's here or not here, I want you to come to the altar as quickly as you can. I'm married. My mate's here or my mate's not here. I want you to come to the altar. You are so beautiful. Sing it, Gary. To me, you, you are so, so beautiful. seeing you down here. I love it. You are. I'm looking at you. So beautiful. Awesome. Hold her close. 
Let's reach out and put your arm around him. Like that. Examples. I know you're like, oh, are you serious? Do we have to do this? You look beautiful. I love seeing it. I just, I wish I could take photos, selfies. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Beautiful. With your arm around them, I want you to pray as one. I want you to pray for your, your kids, your future kids, your family, your finances. I want you to rededicate yourself before we even start to pray. I want you to look at them if they're here. I want you to look at them right in the eye and I want you to tell them, I'm with you till death do us part. Isn't that precious? Now, did you both say it? Say, I'm going to love you forever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want you to do something very sacred in this altar. We do it many times. When we ask, when people get married, I want you to reach over and give her the biggest kiss you've given her the whole day. How many of you know there's nothing more beautiful than that right there? Nothing more beautiful. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we come. As Christ has loved us and gave himself for us, as he has sacrificed his life and given it at Calvary's cross for his church, so we will love our spouse. Whether you're the man or the woman, you are one flesh. So right here in the presence of God, I want you to pray. Pray for one another. Pray over your union, over your oneness. And I want you to give it to God fresh and brand new. And guess what happens? After this prayer the Lord has told me, shared with me in my own heart, this is going to strengthen our church. You're going to walk out of here like you've been to the gym. It's going to be great. The muscle of the church, the pillar of the church is going to be strengthened right here, right now. Are you ready? Let's pray. Pray for one another. Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray over every man and every woman. Pray over their union together, their oneness together. Lord, I pray over them blessing and strength. I pray over them wisdom, God. Let them sense and feel the confirmation of the covenant in their lives. Security that comes through knowing their spouse is not going to leave them, not going to walk away from them. Lord, when they get old and they, they forget and they get a little out of shape, they're not going to walk away. You're stuck with me. Lord, let them cry out this prayer to you. Let them dedicate this covenant to their mates and let this be something that builds a strength in this church. And I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you the honor. We give you the praise. We thank you. I pray that you will loose their finances. I pray you will bless them. I pray that, God, they will feel and sense wisdom to raise their children. That, God, they'll be given the wisdom beyond their own years that they will know how to raise them up in godliness. They'll know how to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They'll know, Father, how to raise them against the things of this world, the schemes and the devices and the plots that are against their children. I pray, God, give them wisdom that is anointed by your Holy Spirit. 
Let peace reign in their homes. Let grumpy attitudes and gripey attitudes, Lord, be washed away with love. Love, love, Lord, that talks and loves and reaches into our own hearts and lives and helps us every step of the way. We pray this this morning, giving you honor and giving you praise and thanking you for it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. And everybody said amen together. Amen. Now before we go, there were a couple that lifted their hands. I don't want to treat that lightly. They were children and they're back there and I want them to be able to have that opportunity to pray this morning. If they lift their hands, how many of you know I'm going to let them pray the sinner's prayer. So let's do that right now. If you lifted your hand or if you didn't, you need Jesus in your life. This is a prayer that heaven hears and Jesus responds to. And he already made the way. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I repent of my life of sin. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Take control over me. Help me to be strengthened to serve you every day. You are the Son of God. You died for me. You rose from the dead. And on that cross, you purchased my salvation. I thank you this morning. I believe it. I confess it. I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So from your pastor... Happy Valentine's Day after. Love each other. Reaffirm your covenant and your promise to one another. Don't let anything sneak in and tear it down. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Cameron Jones is going to be speaking in the night service. You're everything I hope for. Everything I need You are so beautiful To Small